Hello and welcome to Joyful Heart, a podcast for Christian women who are trying to balance a relationship with God, school, work, and other things that we deal with on an everyday basis. On this podcast, topics such as faith and lifestyle will be covered and discussed. And with that, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Joyful Heart. Today, we are going to be talking about the importance of preserving our energy. In my experience, I have always had really low patience and am much more likely to respond to things that annoy me or frustrate me. In fact, I personally get really overwhelmed very easily. Like, I so wish I could be the type of person who could be calm in any circumstance And obviously, it is so much easier said than done to say like, oh, just remain calm and don't react or even overreact. But I really want to get into why it is so important to preserve our energy, you know, pick our battles wisely and just learn to let certain things go. Even though it's not easy, it really is important. And we will see that with the scriptures we go through today. I feel like a big part of growing up and maturing is realizing that not everything needs a reaction. There are certain things, people, and situations that honestly may never change. Using all of our energy to react to every little thing will only drain us of the energy that we have. It's very similar to, you know, kind of experiences on social media. When I was younger and like, you know, in college as well, I used to get so annoyed and offended with things that I would see on social media, whether it be someone's opinion or just a post, if it was mocking something that I believed in or that I liked, I used to just get so offended and annoyed. But it is so draining. And these people who I will never meet and honestly forgot about a week later do not deserve that energy. Today, I'm going to discuss five reasons why we should really work to preserve our energy. Reason number one is we are going to say something or think something that we will most likely end up regretting. When we get caught up in anger and raise our voices, words just start flowing and spewing out. And really, there's no way to stop them when you are really in the moment of your anger or frustration or letting something out. It's like that experiment that some schools do, you know, where they'll ask them to Empty a shaving cream can, you know, and if you've ever shaved or used shaving cream, you know, it just comes out very foamy. And then they would ask them to try to put the shaving cream back. However, as the students and we know, you can't put it back after it's all out of the can. It is the same thing with our words. You know, once you say something, it is out there. You can apologize. You can ask for forgiveness. You can say you didn't mean it. But What you felt in that moment of anger is out there. It's out there. Everyone who heard it knows it. And it's most likely going to remain in the memory of the person you said it to. You know, it's like the whole thing like sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I don't know who came up with that. That is so false. Words do hurt. Words can remain in your memory. And even though you or the other person may apologize, it's really, really hard to forget that. So we have to remember that, you know, when we are angry and the words start flowing, we are going to end up hurting someone or, you know, hurting a friendship, hurting a relationship, or just causing strain. You know, you can't take back what you have said. We see this with Colossians 3.8. But now you also, rid yourselves of all of them, 
anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene speech from your mouth. James 3.8 But no one among mankind can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Reason number two, it often ruins the rest of your day. Think back to the last time when you were either angry, frustrated, sad, or just drained. Now, was it really easy or difficult to have a good rest of the day? You usually often think about the situation, what you said and what the other person said, which just might put you back in that spot of anger, sadness, frustration, or however you were feeling in that moment. I often think about things that I should have said or what I could have done differently. So I'm dwelling on that moment again, you know, the conflict or the drama or whatever it may be. Before you know it, you've lost the whole day to whatever happened. And if it was really bad, maybe even a few days or weeks. Or you may find yourself in a position where you are taking out your anger and frustration, whatever it may be, out on others, which at the end of the day is unfair and just causes more drama. It's like this kind of line where I have my anger, then I pass it along to someone else, and it does nothing good in the long run. Ephesians 4, 26-27 Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Proverbs 14, 29. One who is slow to anger has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered exalts foolishness. Reason number three, it's the golden rule. I know, again, I've got a lot of cheesy lines, but it is still so important. You have to do to others what you want done to you. If you do not want others to yell at you, you shouldn't yell at them. If you do not want others to be mean to you, you shouldn't be mean to them. Now with this aside, there are many situations and circumstances where certain people will be mean to you regardless of what you have done to them. They will be rude to you no matter how much you try to be nice to them. I personally feel like in these situations, when you raise your voice and try to get even, it just gives them the satisfaction and fuel they need to be worse. Certain toxic people like when you get angry and if possible, I would really recommend just trying to avoid them at all costs or avoid any kind of situation with them because those people don't really have your best intentions and motives in mind. Luke 6, 31. Treat people the same way you want them to treat you. Galatians 5, 14. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. As I kind of touched a bit upon in a previous verse, but reason number four is only the enemy wins when we give all our energy to certain situations. When we argue and are letting our emotions control us in that moment, that is a win for the enemy. He loves to see you and I at our worst and living, you know, in sin with no regards to the damage we are doing or the destruction we are causing. And imagine how happy it would make him to see us draining all of our energy on things that in the long run aren't really worth it. And who wants to give him any kind of satisfaction? Plus, when we are in conflict and drama, we typically don't feel like reading our Bible or praying. So it really distracts us in the long run. And we live in a world that is full of being pettiness, you know, having the best comeback and, you know, making the other feel worse. But this is only something that is promoted by the enemy because it's harmful and it's very destructive. James 4, 7. Submit therefore to God, but resist the devil and he will flee from you. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. 
and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And the final one for today, reason number five, we should represent Jesus. We are called to imitate Jesus. And I know I talk about this a lot, but it's because it is so important for you and I to understand this. If Jesus would not do it, then we should not be doing it. If Jesus would not respond that way, then we should not respond. If Jesus would not find himself in this conflict, we ourselves should not be in this conflict because of all the other previous reasons. We might say something we regret, it's going to ruin our day, the golden rule, and it's only giving in to what the enemy wants. You know, when we are oftentimes in conflict or any type of situation, we have an opportunity to witness to someone and show them the true light that they need. As I've stated so many times, we live in a very dark world and people will be so surprised when you don't react how they expect you to react. Ephesians 5.1 Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. 1 Corinthians 11.1 Be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. So now that we've covered these five reasons, I want to quickly get into some ways to kind of stop ourselves from reacting to every situation, every circumstance, or every person. Important things are, I say, just try to take a breath or two or try to create some type of space between you and whatever the problem is, like whether going on a walk, just stepping outside, getting into another room. I think when we can give ourselves a moment to really think and breathe, it gives us time to gain our composure and to kind of think, okay, how should I react? How can I react? Is this even worth reacting? Again, easier said than done, but I think it's really important in the long run. Take some time to give yourself space and the ability to think can also help you to calm down. Before you say or do something, you might end up regretting. We live in a world where we have access to the internet, and I think we should be using it to our advantage. Look up phrases or sentences to keep in mind before you say anything. It can be really hard to find the right words in a moment when our flesh is telling us to say this and say that. But if we kind of come prepared, I think it can really help us in the long run. Like you can literally type into Google how to respond to this statement or how to respond to this situation. See what works best for you. If you got to practice it a few times, do it. I see no shame in that. I think it's really healthy to do that because you're like, okay, if this comes up, this is what I can say. And it'll often be a lot more effective than just yelling or cursing at someone or just getting angry with them. There are so many articles that include statements for you to use and remember in the moment when you need it. I think also just taking time to talk to God to help you work through your anger. You know, journal down your thoughts to give you time for a perspective and to look back on it. Think of the possible impact of extending the conversation. If someone's frustrating you or you're feeling heated, try to think like, okay, if this keeps going, what's the impact of this? And these are just a few things because we are bound to be in conflict with one another. It is something that is going to happen. You know, it's unfortunate. It sucks because it really throws us off. But I think when we can prepare ourselves, we can be aware of the fact that even though it might feel good to yell at someone or to snap at someone, in the long run, it holds a lot more consequences than it does anything good. And again, the enemy only wants us to argue and to get into it with one another. So we really have to resist that and represent Jesus, not just when you're at church or in public, but in your own private space with your thoughts and your actions and your work. 
So I hope this was helpful. I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you like this episode and want to share on Instagram, be sure to tag me at Joyful Heart. If you like the podcast, it would mean a lot to share it with a friend or to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And I'll also have the show notes in the description. I hope you all have a great rest of your day and a very blessed week. Well, that concludes this week's episode of Joyful Heart. Feel free to reach out with prayer requests, praise reports, requests for topics or general questions on either Instagram or the Facebook group. These can be sent to Joyful Heart. That's J-O-Y-F-U-L-L-H-E-A-R-T-T on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and at joyfulheart.com for blog posts. I hope you all have a blessed day and I'll catch you next week. Bye.